0: Today on the show, we welcome Mr. Anthony Ray, host of Dad, Can We Talk podcast. Anthony's a great dude, he's down to earth, he's chill, he's humble, he's a man of faith, he's a man of his family, loyal husband, and a great dad. Dad, Can We Talk is a podcast that describes the day-to-day life of good, bad, ugly, and the great of everyday fatherhood that we're all going through. The same battle, the same fight we're all fighting dad can we talk is a modern spin on the age-old question dad can we talk you're not going to want to miss this one right now welcome into season three of the young dad podcast presented by ball boy media young dad podcast is hosted by the young brothers jay and aaron And so you know it's about that time to pull up a chair, don't forget your juice box, don't forget your snack, and come talk with us. Our live studio audience is always so kind. We appreciate them. Welcome in to Season 3 of the Young Dad Podcast. I'm your host, Jay, and with me today is A Aaron. Hey, Aaron, how are you doing today?
1: Another great day above ground, sir.
0: We'd love to hear. It. And joining us from Dad Can We Talk is Mr. Anthony Ray himself. Anthony, how the heck are you doing today?
2: Man, I'm good. We're up early, but we're we're ready.
0: We're hitting it. We're getting after it early. Uh so Anthony, you know, thanks so much for joining us today. We appreciate it. Um a little bit about Dad can we talk um it's a platform that you started about three years ago, correct, and kind of just started off you talking to you talking to other dads, you just getting out there in the community, getting to know people but what was the motivation behind it? What made you start it?
2: uh, one of my main motivations was um the fact that I'm an avid podcast listener and uh, I started off listening to podcasts, listening to uh, true crime. Uh, I'm a big fan of that, listening to stories about serial killers, which is a little weird, but I loved it. I'm the uh, same
0: way, dude. I'm the exact same way. <laughs> Who do you? What kind of uh, true crime podcast? Not to get distracted here,
2: but um, I was just finding just all types of. I just go on Apple Podcasts and type in uh, serial killers or true crime, and I just found all types of stuff. And that was like my introduction to podcasts. Yep. Same and here. Um, so it got a little dark for a while. I was like, I might need to stop listening to this for a couple of months. And um Clean and so I started finding a little bit. Yeah, I had to cleanse it myself. So I went to sports, started listening to some sports podcasts and some music podcasts. And um one day I was thinking, man, you know, I should I'm gonna look up some fatherhood stuff. And um I found a lot, but what I noticed was I didn't feel like there were a lot, I didn't see a lot of black dads podcasting. This was maybe 2017. So this was about six years ago. Mm. And um, there weren't, honestly, I didn't see not one black dad um, as a host for a podcast. And I'm like, wow, that's, I don't like that. You know, I feel like we should be represent. you know, we should be representative in this community also. Absolutely. And so I told myself, well, you know what? Let me start one, you know, because I do have um, I was in ministry at the time and I would constantly have um, have conversations with different guys about fatherhood and just manhood in general. And I said, you know what? The conversations that I have off camera, maybe I should start having these conversations on camera. And um, so that was like my motivation, like, you know, I wanted to uh, really change the narrative because even when it came to fatherhood, I felt like a lot of black dads, uh, if you really look at the media narrative for years, it's always been that we're missing, uh, we're absent, uh, dead beats, all of these things are connected to black fatherhood. And so that wasn't, and I understand because I grew up without my dad, but, Um, since I've been a dad, um, I started, I really noticed that I didn't feel like that represented me and I didn't feel like that represented the guys that I know. I know a lot of active dads. Um, and so I was like, man, I don't, I just don't think it's fair. I don't think we get a fair shot at, you know, um, being represented in the world. So I told myself, I wanted to highlight the good dads you know, because, okay, yeah, everyone highlights the bad dads, but who ever puts a spotlight on good black dads? And I know hundreds of them. And so I made a point, you know, I made a post on Facebook and I was like, I made a whole long post and I'm like, man, I can go, you know, months and months interviewing different dads. Mm -hmm. And so I made it a point to prove that to people. And so, um, as me and you talked about before we got on, you know I'm at 108 dads right now. Um, not all black dads, but just dads that I wanted to highlight. Guys that I knew personally. Mm-hmm. Uh, my brother was a single has, has has full custody of his son and has for years. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was a single dad for years. Um, I have a lot of friends that may not live with their children, but are super active dads. Mm -hmm. um i know a lot of married dads like myself um i know a lot of just active dads and guys that are going through multiple different situations but they all we all have this one thing in common we love our children and so i want to give these men the opportunity to tell their story from their mouths because a lot of times we hear the story from you know our moms or our aunts or our grandmothers or other women in the community. And I want to give men the opportunity to speak for themselves.
0: Absolutely. No, I love that, man. I love how you just kept saying the word active, like active mm. dads being active. I think that's so important as we, you know, go through, you know, this journey of being a father, we have to be active. And mm. there's a lot of active dads. There's a lot of dads care. There, yeah. Granted, there's a lot of dads who don't care. Yep. Um there are plenty of deadbeats, but I feel like for every one deadbeat dad, there's at least four good dads out there trying that exactly. want their kids, that want to be involved, that are getting shafted by the court some way or another, because mm. that's just the country we live in, even today, where it's just automatically you're a woman, you're a more eligible caretaker. Like I was at the store on the grocery store on Saturday morning, um, kind of related. I have my two girls with me because we're just doing our, our grocery shop for the week. Um, and this dude looks at me and looks at my kids. like, "Oh, you got stuck with the kids, huh? Uh, <laughs> I was like, got stuck. I think I stuck with them. <laughs> he's like, oh, well they can be a handful. I'm like, no, not really. They're pretty good kids actually. You know, I'm just blessed yeah. to be able to have them and, um, hanging out with them. And he's like, oh, well, good luck. And it's like. <laughs> Do you not think I can handle having my kids at the grocery store like exactly you just assume that I got told here's a list, take the kids and go
2: stuck with them,
0: yeah, no, I'm not stuck with them, I'm not stuck with
1: them, <laughs> yeah, and you know it this is something that we touched on last season as well, you know it's this is a lot of uh the stigma that we have to break down as men in our generation, you know our previous generations, our parents, they had to be that hard nosed man to. You know make it through the times that they were living through and you that's not the case anymore you know you can you can be the soft man with the with the hard side on 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 the back burner you know what i mean but it's still there it's it's very crucial for it to still be there but yeah i, I think we're afforded a great opportunity that our parents weren't you know we're we're able to be gentle and and uh you know really connect with our kids emotionally and you know, heal all that trauma that we went through. Love that.
2: Love that. If I can make a point also, uh, I love what you just said, Aaron. That was, it's a super great point. But even when I look at, um, even when I look at, you look at TV, uh, television shows, you look at cartoons, think about it. Every time the 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 mom leaves the house, it's like, okay, honey, I'm going to the grocery store. I'll be back. I'm gonna leave the kids home with you. What usually happens?
1: The Panic, mom comes home chaos. and
2: like the house is burnt down. And it makes us look like we're such a joke as men. And that's one thing that I've always hated. Like we're just so trash as yeah. a, as caregivers. And I'm like, that does not represent me. And I feel like the narrative surrounding fatherhood, period, black men, white men, they make us look like we're such jokes. And that's one thing that I, I just never stood for because uh, the, the the media might not do it intentionally, but that's how they make us look. And so um, I think that's one thing that we we, our generation of men, we're really changing that and we're showing people that, yeah, we're not just... Um, babysitters and all of this other stuff that they put on us, but Mm. we're real dads, you know, we're real parents.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah.
1: You know, and, and I love, I love that you took it there because, you know, as much as I love my wife, I'm definitely the fun parent. (laughs) (laughs) I'm definitely more creative with my kids. Like my my kids, you know, when we have time together, it's a blast, man. You know, so it's, it's just, I feel like there's a big dynamic change coming and I feel like it's going to change the world, man. Having, having a, a loving, caring father with a, uh, you know, a open mindset can change the world, you know, as, as well as, you know, a mother on the same boat, you know, it's like you can, there's nothing that can stop you. You know what I mean? You can do whatever you want. Yes,
0: yeah. sir. No, I, I agree there. You know, it's the cartoons did a really bad job when we were growing up. Of you know kind of scaring us out of wanting to be parents you know where it's like oh man i'm gonna have simpsons (laughs) Well, any anything on nick anything on cartoon network you know you a either never saw a dad involved Mm. or b when you did it was portrayed like you said like really hard impossible to do it men can't care for kids and that's you know that's kind of stuck and just kind of like without i think it's an unconscious bias where it's like Oh, you know, look at him trying, Mm. doing such a good job, you know, look at him babysitting (laughs) his kids, it's like, not babysitting my kids, and taking care of my kids, (laughs) you know. Hey,
1: but you know what, even though it's a negative stigma, I mean, it kind of works out in our favor, like, if you're not a deadbeat dad, you (laughs) get praise from everyone, so it's (laughs) like, it's like, yeah, it's like a balance, you know what I mean, it's like, yeah. Definitely, so.
0: definitely.
1: So, uh, oh, go ahead. no, uh, the first question I want to lead out with is, uh, you know, as, uh, a black father in this time, what is, what are some things that you have on your mind for your kids, um, growing up? Like what, what are some things you, you would like to teach them and, and, you know, really educate them about?
2: Uh, one of my my main things is teaching them uh their self their self image, teaching them you know that uh um, they're important. Uh, I have two girls and a boy, <clears throat> and so one thing with uh me with teaching my girls is that you know uh you don't have to follow society's beauty standards. Um, in and, and all honesty, and I've done it before. I if you go on Google and you type um if you type in beautiful women just type in the words beautiful women um most likely the first maybe 10 images would be honestly of white women most of them with long hair and that's just and i'm like wow why is that the only portrayal or the the most portrayed image of a beautiful woman and so if i'm a young girl and i just so happened to type that into Google, I would think, wow, that's what a beautiful woman looks like. But beauty comes in all sizes, all types, you know, and so uh, different hairstyles. And so, <clears throat> you know, my, my, my wife, she's natural. Natural hair, you know, has locks, and I love that. I, and when my wife decided to go natural some years ago, about six or seven years ago, I was so excited because I was never the type to, uh, I wouldn't say never, but over the years I've grown to love women in their natural state. And so um, when my wife decided to go natural, I was like the biggest fan, you know? And I'm like, I love that. I want to see you in your, like with your own hair, with your own everything. Like I just love you for you. And so for my daughters to see their mom in that way, <clears throat> it gives them also confidence that, you know, you don't have to look like the women on TV. You don't have to look like the women on Instagram, Facebook, and everything else. What you see on TikTok, you don't have to look like any of those women, be you, you know, and and and, and, and love who you are as a black woman. <clears throat> and so I'm just really trying to raise my raise my daughters in that way. And let them know that they're beautiful inside out um and even also with my son you know loving on him allowing him uh teaching him what it is to be a man you know and knowing our place in society you know we're not anything that uh, all the negative stigmas that's been placed on us we're not any of that you know and just really lifting them up and letting them know that they're loved They're cared for. They're beautiful. You know, and that's my son and my daughters. Just knowing that I don't care what anyone else says about you. Always know that you are beautiful and you don't have to be anyone else. You don't have to look like anyone else. Be genuinely yourself. And so, you know, I don't have any hair on my head. I'm a bald man. And I love myself, you know, and, you know, I make jokes about myself all the time. They make jokes, but I'm, I, but I'm confident in myself and showing my kids that you can be confident. You don't have to be anyone else. You know, I'm the only person in my house with a ball. You know, my son has hair, <laughs> my wife has locks. One of my oldest, my oldest daughter has locks, uh, my, my 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 youngest daughter, and I'm the only bald one in the house, you know, but I'm confident you know, that I don't have to be everyone else. I'm just gonna be daddy. You know, I'm gonna be me, regardless of what anyone else thinks. Um, It doesn't matter how anyone else looks at me. I'm gonna look at myself and be me, you know? So, and I think that's a hard thing for um, a lot of black children in our time right now. You know, a lot of them feel like they have to look like someone else instead of just being themselves. So. Uh, that's something I've I drilled into my children at all times,
0: absolutely. You know, it's so actually, I searched beautiful women when I, as you were talking <laughs> there, after <laughs> you mentioned, them. I'm like, I'm just gonna see, I'm just gonna see. Um, yeah, there was, I looked at 30 pictures, there was three of them that had a woman of color. Um, wow. so three for 30, you know, that's one tenth, you know, yeah. And. You know that it actually reminds me of when I went and saw um, Wakanda Forever. Mm-hmm. When I went and saw Black Panther movies, it was actually like a really sweet moment. But um, I think Marvel knocked out of the park on that movie for a couple of reasons. But the um, I was leaving, you know, Marvel end credits. They kind of take a little while, so I was standing by like the the tunnel to like leave the theater, and there's this little girl there. I looked at her. She was she's was African American. And she said to her mom and dad, she said, Mom, I love Um, She's so beautiful. Mm. And like that was her little way of saying like, she looks like me. She's beautiful. Mm. You know, I relate to her. I get it. It's a girl and she looks like me. And so I thought that was just like a really powerful moment how it's like when it is portrayed, it's huge. It's impactful because it's Mm. such a positive impact, you know little boys have it all over the place. They have superheroes of color. They have different role models of color. They have all these different people of color, but little girls, they don't really have that, you know, then Mm -hmm. it's, it's unfortunate, but it is important, you know, you know, racially race, race aside to just teach our kids, like you're saying, to love themselves, to be confident in themselves. um, Because who knows, they might not always be in a place where they, they look like everyone else. And where they're, where they're comfortable. Like for me personally, like I went from living in Washington when I was like 13 and then I was in Hawaii. Uh, You know, I was way out of place in Hawaii. I did not belong. And, (laughs) you know, I ended up making some really good friends. I was really close to people. And then from there I was in East Oakland, um, California. And then I definitely didn't fit in 100% (laughs) didn't fit in. And but, you know, through it all, you know, I just remembered like- kind of who I am, you know, you adapt to your surroundings and whatnot, but um, you know, I wish that my dad would have told me like, you know, just be you you'll you'll be fine, just be you um That's a lot of what I did, but it's important that we give that same message to our kids because mm-hmm. it does what we want it was what we want for them at the end of the day, we just want them to be people who are not conceited or too egotistical, but kids who are you know, confident in their own skin that can be in any crowd, in any room and just know that they're, got they there. They're good.
2: Yes, sir, man. I, I had, um, an issue that came up a few years ago. So my kids were going to a private school that's majority, mm-hmm. uh, white. And <clears throat> so at one point for about a month, my wife put some, uh, faux locks in her hair, you know, just fake locks, you know, just to um she put them in for about a month and when my wife was telling her that she so she had the faux locks in her hair but she had her real locks up under so they were a little shorter at the time and she was giving them some time to grow and um so when my wife is gonna take them out my wife uh my, my daughter she just was hysterical and she's like oh oh my God, I, I I don't want to take them out and people are going to think I'm ugly and all of this stuff. And I'm like, I'm kind of listening to the conversation. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, I just got upset. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, who said that you're ugly? Like, who told you that? And she was like, no, no one said it. I'm like, no, obviously someone told you that you're ugly. Like, why would you say that you're ugly when mommy is about to take your hair out when your hair literally looks like What's in your hair right now is just a little shorter, and I'm like, "Who said that to you at school?" And so she reassured me that no one said that at school. You know, it was just something that she was thinking that people would think, and you know, it kind of hurt me to my heart. Like, wow, like, baby, why, why, why would you think that about yourself? You know, like, don't, don't, don't look at what other people, you know. A lot of the other girls, like I say, the other girls at her school had this long hair. And I'm like, that does that's nothing that has no significance of anything like that's them. Don't let that make you feel bad about yourself. Like, you're so beautiful. And you've always known that I've always told you that everyone else tells you that. Why would like what in your mind? And I think she just kind of like that was my first time really seeing it in person where my daughter just kind of freaked out for a quick second.
1: Mm-hmm. And,
2: uh, you know, I just had to really reassure her that, you know, of her beauty. And it, it's it's a real thing, you know, and I know it's just not with black girls, it's with, I'm sure with all types of young, young girls, you know, uh, because there's such a, you know, you can't walk into Walgreens or CVS without seeing, you know, this perfect woman on a poster you know, mm-hmm. you look at magazines, you see all of these perfect women with the, the 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 perfect hair and the perfect skin. And it's like that stuff is so fake, you know, and we have to be able to teach our daughters that, you know, like I love my wife's flaws. She's not the most perfect woman in the world, you know, and it's like and I love it. You know, I love her flaws. That's the thing that draw me to her, you know, was her flaws. And I want to love her flaws and love her like that you know, and make sure that she knows that I don't want you to be the perfect woman. The perfect woman is fake, you know? So I think that's something we've got to drill
1: into our women. Absolutely. So um, my next follow-up question for you, I I love where you touched in there. Um, How do you feel as being a father to both, um, you know, daughters and a son, you know, what's the what's the dynamic like educating them like on how to treat the other sex? So like with your, your daughters, like, what are you, what are you really trying to impact on them about how to treat men? And, and the same as with your son, like, what are, what are some things you say that you you're trying to instill into your son and your daughters?
2: Uh, being fair. So with my son, you know, so my, my my son and my youngest daughter, they're about 11 months apart. So they're, like, really close in age. Uh, they're six and seven, and they fight all the time, man, all the time. It's like, like the story of my life right now as a dad, these two fighting children. But uh, I pay attention to them, and I see my daughter antagonize him so much. Now, I now sometimes there's times when he will hit her and I get on his behind about hitting girls and I'm telling him, do not put your hand on your sister. You do not do that. You, really, you don't put your hand on anyone, period. But definitely as a boy, do not put your hand on girls. You don't do that. And I'm like just drilling that into him. But I also get on my daughter and tell her, keep your hands off of your brother. You do not put your hands on people. Keep your hands to yourself because after he hits you, then you come crying to me. Now you want me to feel bad for you. And I'm not just going to always get on him, you know, and I always, he's, cause he'll come to me and he'll say, well, she hit me first. And I'm like, well, you come and tell on her and I'll get on her and she'll be in trouble. Once you put your hands on him uh, on her, now both of you get in trouble, you know? So, being fair with both of them, because a lot of people would just get on the sun and say, oh, you don't put your hands on girls. Rightfully so. But I also teach my daughters, keep your hands to yourself.
1: Mm.
2: If you don't want anyone else putting their hands on you, then don't put your hands on them, you know, because now now there's there's two wrongs. And just teaching them to be fair, you know, like uh I'm just trying to be fair with with both of them you know with my girls and my boy you know like not just being one-sided and so and i and i teach you know they're young ten, seven, and 6 but teaching them valuable lessons you know once you get older you know daddy won't always be there to save you and to teach you these things i'm trying to teach you this at a young age i was never a person that got into fights i grew up my whole life around you know i grew up most of my Majority of my childhood, I lived in the hood. And I never got into a fight ever in my life. Why? And I teach my kids this all the time. The reason why I never got into fights was because, for one, I kept my hands to myself. Not that I've never almost got into a fight. Every time it was about to be a fight, someone would say what they would do do to me, what they want to do to me. And I heard all of that. But as long as you don't put your hands on me i don't have a reason to put my hands on you and you know what i don't know what it's like to be punched in my face because no one never did it people talked about doing it but they never did it and so that never gave me a reason to put my hands on someone else and so for that reason i stayed to myself if i didn't like a person i leave you alone and i don't deal with you and so teaching my kids that type of stuff um and it, I just, and that's just one example of, you know, teaching my kids to be fair. I'm not gonna just fuss at my son and not get on you because you're wrong also. Yeah, he shouldn't be hitting you, but you should also not be hitting him or antagonizing him. Leave him alone, hmm. you know, because you're, you're, you're provoking him. And then once he does something, now you come crying to me, playing the victim. Well, obviously you're not the victim. You're, you've been antagonizing him for a whole hour. So yeah, stuff like that, man, I'm, I, I'm pretty serious about, man. So, um, and that's just one example, but, um, uh, yeah, just being fair.
0: Yeah, no, I think that's a really great example there because yes, you're teaching them how to be fair, but you're also teaching them how to control like their impulse. You can teaching them how to yeah. control that fight or flight response. You're teaching them yeah. to be decent humans, you know, and you're teaching them something that, that they're going to take into their relationships, you know? Like you're modeling that within the home, which is so important. You're like, well, my dad never did anything to my mom. My brothers never did anything to me. I never did anything to them. I knew not to antagonize them because if I antagonize them, then that leads to a fight. If at least to a fight, it could get physical. If it gets physical, then it goes down this path. And then, you know, I was a teenager growing up in East Oakland in the hood. And, you know, I learned those same lessons. You know, if you don't throw first, you don't hit first, then you're not going to get hit back. If you're the one antagonizing and trying to cause it, then yeah, you might get hit. Um, yeah. But normally no one wants to be the one that throws the first punch. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what my dad taught me. Is like, you know, if you get hit, you get hit first. Don't, don't be the first one to hit. Cause that's going to be worse mm-hmm. on you. Yeah. But if you were minding your own business, you weren't doing nothing and then you got hit, then you know, you're, you're clear. You're, mm-hmm. you're clear for takeoff. Um,
1: kind of thing yes, but
0: if if you're not if you're minding your business keep to yourself that was a big one was to keep to myself Um yep because it's not gonna do anything you're, nothing's gonna happen to you if you're not talking to no one you're not instigating um mm-hmm.
2: so and, and, I, and every now and then you might have people that just want to be a-holes and yeah you know put their hands on you but for the most part like if someone wanted to fight I me mean, you just you're just a bad person because i've never been the type to antagonize people i've just always been a fun loving person even when i was a kid you know i mm. want to laugh i want to joke i like sports you know genuinely i'm just a nice person um for the most part I'm, i kind of stay to myself but i have my friends you know the guys that were my friends we were friends that's who i hung out with people mm. that i really didn't know now if we just so happen to Cross paths, and we talked with one another it was it was always just cool conversation, and I always have been known as a cool person, so even into adulthood, you know, uh once I became a young man, same thing you know, if I don't like a person, man, I do not deal with you. I don't want to be in the same place as you. I'm not gonna say anything to you, so like if you if I end up getting into a fight, bro, that is like you got to be a very a bad person because i like i don't do anything to anyone literally no one should be that mad with me to to the point to where you want to fight me so just teaching my kids the same thing be a nice person you know if you don't like someone that's fine you don't have to like everyone in the world everyone is not going to be your friend everyone will not like you in that case you remove yourself from that person and ignore them it's that simple I think your um, your sound is out.
0: My bad. Uh, you so your, your kids are starting to get older. They're starting probably to realize some things about the world, that it's not a nice place. Mm. And um, what are you doing from your perspective, or what are you doing to try to help them understand why someone might not like them just because of the way that they present themselves, the way that they look, the way that they're walking down the street? They like I'm sure your kids are great kids, great people. You mm-hmm. know, and obviously the world's cruel. So what kind of things are you doing in that instance? Um if you need me to clarify, I can clarify, but I think I know it you know what I mean.
2: Yeah. Uh mostly teaching them history. Uh I'm a big history person. Um and I I I have them like my my oldest daughter, she's big on books, so uh helping having her read different books and stuff um one of the books was the story of ruby bridges which was uh i think she was like one of the first young women black women to integrate a white school um and her story is a big one where she was just young girl i forgot her age but she was really young
0: yeah i've heard ruby uh, i've heard that story
2: yeah. And showing them that story on how some people, because, you know, the question for my daughter was, "Well, why did they hate her so much? And I'm like, that's just how it is. You know, especially back then. She was it was six crazy. She's six years old, man. And she had to go through that. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and that was a big thing. And so when my daughter asked the question, well, why did they hate her so much? And just teaching her that there's some people literally that would just hate you just because of you, you know, you don't have to do anything to people and they'll hate you Mm -hmm. and you can't do anything about that. All you can do is live your life. You look at Ruby, Ruby just went on about her day, went to school. And I'm sure it probably messed with her mental a little bit, but thank God, you know, she had her teacher there. Her teacher continued to teach her. Um, She had her parents Mm -hmm. and, you know she did what she had to do you know you just keep it moving you know you can't allow the hate of others to allow that to affect you you know you got to keep moving and so teaching them about history uh the history of race in america i just think it's an important thing you know just that that dynamic will probably always be there you know it'll just it's just especially and we live in florida And uh, the city that we live in right now, Gainesville, we live in a city right outside of Gainesville called Newberry.
1: Mm.
2: And Newberry has a big time history of racism. Um, I think there was like five lynchings here um, some years ago. And uh, so we live, we just live in this area, you know, so uh, uh, helping them to understand the history of our state. You know, Florida was a big ass, and we live in North, North Florida, North, mm-hmm. North Central Florida, Northern Florida was like the super, super, super racist part. And so a lot of that still exists here in this area. Um, I was just watching a documentary uh, two nights ago about some stuff that happened. Uh, the FBI found these, um, these KKK members uh, that were working, this is like 2016. They oh, three guys got arrested in 2016. They were um, KKK members, and an FBI agent infiltrated the KKK, and he was basically, you know, he was wired. And they made a whole documentary about it. It's on uh, Hulu, and this is like I said, this is 2016, man. Like what was that seven years ago? And they all worked at a prison here in Florida. And it's like literally 15. Uh, about 20 minutes down the road from where we live right now at the prison down the road. Mm -hmm. And like, it's that close to home.
0: That's wild. And so,
2: yeah, it's, it's some, it's some wild stuff. So just really teaching my children, the, the, uh, their history and letting them know that everyone will not like you. I'm just here to let you know, that's the reality of, of life. And everyone doesn't have to like you. That's fine. But do not allow them to affect who you are. Absolutely. My biggest thing, don't allow them to affect you. I know there's some people that don't like me, even at my job. Okay, cool. You know what? I'm going to make you even more, mad because I'm going to continue to excel. I'm going to continue to be me. I'm going to continue to be just who I am. I'm going to love you. You know, I'm going to be nice to you. You know, uh, I might not be your best friend, but I'm going to be cordial. How you doing, man?
0: Yeah. Keep it moving going to talk to you still going to interact with you i'm not going to ignore you i'm not going to blow you off i'm not going to pretend you don't exist i'm going to intentionally make sure you know you exist in my world still i'm going to intentionally still say hi to you i'm still intentionally going to make you feel like you're someone and that maybe we don't talk in depth but you know i'm still going to interact with you Mm
2: -hmm. because that's the kind of person
0: i am that's my reflection of myself and i love that you brought up ruby bridges um because the reason that she got into that school was because that city um New Orleans had given all the African American children school children a test to determine which students could enter the all white school. And Bridges was one of the few who actually passed and then was selected for the enrollment, which means oh. that you know the deeper meaning there was that she belonged. Oh. Everyone in that school knew she belonged. They knew she was smart oh. enough, they knew she was capable enough. And I feel like that's an important message to for your daughters to see, and it's an important message for all children to know like you're here because you belong, like that's one thing I try to promote on on my field when i when I'm coaching any sport you know right now I'm coaching baseball coaching t ball I have two kids mm. on the spectrum,
1: mm. you
0: know, and then I have a um you know my daughter obviously that's a, you know my daughter so I have two girls, I have two kids on the spectrum, I have you know different races and ethnicities on my team as well um but it's like we all belong we're all, all on the same team we all belong here and it's just really teaching my kids like to play and interact with those other kids like they're just normal kids because they can obviously very easily tell that they're different easy and one of my boys <clears throat> excuse me one of my boys that i have um you know i I have two two that are really good. They're really good for being six years old. Um, they should probably be in a higher level, but that's fine. But I sometimes I make them play with the two boys that have that are on the spectrum, and I have to kind of tell them like, remember, remember who you're playing with. You have to be a little bit more. You can't throw as hard. You can't. You know, throw was crazy, and they kind of have to wheel it in a little bit, which I think is. Good for them to teach them just like different skills, and I have to do this with all the kids. It's like you have to be a little bit more patient, a little bit more focused. You can't get upset, kind of thing. It's like trying to just teach them that it's we're just playing, we're just playing the game. It's all that matters, you know. And that's the same message to translate to kids in these different situations, these different places. It's like yeah, you might not might not look the same, but you're all here at school for the same thing, and you're all or you're all here at, on playing the sport to do the same thing. It doesn't matter. You all belong here. You guys all belong. Yeah. So that sense of belonging is super important to instill, I feel. And it goes a long way to just rem- reminding your child that they're, they're just as important and just as equal.
1: Yeah. You know, I, and honestly, I think it's just a lesson, uh, humility, you know, just, just teaching your kids to, you know, just, you, you don't see that kind of stuff. You know, I, I'm privileged because here in Southern California, it's a big melting pot. So yeah. that's, you know, we don't have to deal with that kind of stuff. So, you know, I really feel for you. Um, I I know how it can be on the East Coast. You know, I have family in Tennessee. I have family in Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Jewel does too. You know, it's like it's we, I, I, I only feel, you know, touches of it. I I have never experienced it myself. You know, even when we were out there. I didn't experience any of that, you know? And so it's like, I I know it's there. I I hear about it all the time. So, you know, it's like, all you can do is just really teach your your kids. Like you said, you know, just be humble, be, be that person that's just going to power through it. Like, you're not going to affect me. I'm just going to smile at you and and continue being great. You know, I loved when you said that because that's all you really can do, man. And, you know, and I think, the rest of the country eventually will shape up to be like how it is here. You know, all our kids are going to intermingle and I definitely think our generation and our kids' generation is going to break that wall down completely. You know, I I think that's gone in the next 20, 30 years. Let's hope for it.
0: (laughs) Yeah. It literally literally just has to die off um, at this point. And I don't even mean that in like a negative way, but I mean, kind of does just have to have to die off. But at the same time, it's one of those things that's taught to like mm, keep yeah, going Yeah, it's, definitely. It's taught it's not a learn it's not a natural behavior no one's born racist no At one all. no one's born to hate someone else, especially not a kid, especially mm. not a child like children they don't have that capacity in their At mind all. to to hate um kids are smart they understand they understand they're very aware when they're in a situation they're aware of. These different things. I mean, there's a difference between making your kid aware of color and then teaching them like stereotypes, explicit teaching them a limited knowledge that's gonna do them Mm. a disservice instead of like you're doing teaching them a history, teaching them the background, sharing stories with them. Like for my daughters, I'm my dad's half black, I'm a quarter African American, my daughters are an eighth. Um, so they're um don't remember anyways but my um when it was black history month you know my daughter's five and so i'm like you know this would be a good opportunity to try to start teaching her about like some of these parts of her um Mm. because i feel like that's super important i mean they're parts of me they're parts of her yeah you know she doesn't appear at whatsoever um and so but i was trying to teach her these different stories and it was one thing that I got her, I got her the shirt from Target because I think Target's done a really good job the last couple of years with their yeah. um like clothing selection during Black History Month to like highlight, you know, African American artists and all these things. It's been really cool. So I got her I got her this shirt that had like four different faces on it. And it was hard for she didn't want to wear it to school because she felt like if she was asked a question, like she couldn't talk about it. She didn't understand mm-hmm. like what it meant. And i wasn't i'm like am i teaching her this wrong because i'm really just trying to teach her like the differences and these stories so that she understands kind of why she's learning these different things in school like why is she learning about rosa parks why is she learning about dr king but that's pretty much where it stopped was rosa parks dr king yeah which is important those are two great stories but there's so many more like the one you you mentioned you know, mm-hmm. and it's it's sad, it's disheartening at the same time. But it's like I want you to to know that this is part of you. This is a part of you that you should be proud of, that you should honor and give the time and space for. So mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, and, and I think that stuff is just, you know, like I say, just really teaching that history. And I just think all parents should just teach history as it is, you know, like mm-hmm. and be honest about it. You know, when you're honest about it and you know, you can really point things out. The kids, like you say, kids are smart enough to realize, okay, all right, I I understand that. I see that. And now they're just kind of aware. But I think more than anything, we have to be the examples of that to live it out for them. Mm -hmm. Because we can tell them all of these things about history and all of that. But now we have to live it. Um, I think more than anything, kids learn from watching. And we're their biggest example. So, I have my kids with me everywhere: grocery store, the bank. Um, uh, times when I do podcasts, sometimes they have to come out with me. I've done, taken them out to do ministry in different places. Uh, they're just always out with me, and they see how I interact with all types of people. They see me in when it's you know a professional setting. They see me when you know I'm out in the neighborhood. And I'm dealing with young men, or I'm dealing with other dads. They see how I deal with other women. That's not their mom. They see me how I deal with all types of people. They see me at the basketball court. They see me when I take them to the playground. They see me everywhere,
1: mm-hmm. and
2: so they get the the opportunity, you know. And they always ask, "Daddy, how? Why do you? How do you have so many friends everywhere <laughs> we go? You know, I'm running into someone who." I might know and some people that I don't know, honestly, they might have heard of my podcast. And they're like, You're the dot, got does dad, can we talk? And I'm like, yeah, 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 that's me, or whatever. And um and my kids are like, Daddy, how do you know him? I'm like, I don't I mean I just met him today. <laughs> you know, but but I'm but I'm I talk to people like you would think that's been my friend for ten years, the way that I talk with people. Mm -hmm. You know, and so when they see that and then I explain to them, I just met that person today or I speak to someone and they say, Daddy, was that your friend? No, he doesn't have to be my friend for me to be cordial. He doesn't have to be my friend in order for me to be friendly. Mm -hmm. He doesn't have to be my friend in order for me to treat him like a friend, you know, and my kids are learning that. So I like to watch them when they go to the playground. I take them to different playgrounds all around the city. And I like to see, just watch them, how they interact with people. And they do a really good job with making friends, you know? And sometimes they just, they'll stare. And I'm like, you know, I'll go over to them, like, why are you staring at people? Don't stare at people, man. That's not cool, you know? And allow them, if you're going to stare at them, at least go and say hi. Ask them what their name is. Don't just stare at people. And they're like, oh, okay. And then they'll go in, say, hey, do you want to play? And the kids are like, cool. And then they're, they're playing tag for 10 minutes, you know, so just teaching them how to be a a decent human being, you mm-hmm. know, be friendly. You don't have to be their best friend, but don't stare at people at least speak and say, hey, how are you? You know, say something. Yes. Don't just look yes. at people. <laughs> you know, it's weird. Yes.
0: <laughs> Agreed. Agreed. Well, Anthony, you know, we're getting, we're getting pretty close here on time, but I, you know, I just wanted to touch on a couple of things here, you know, fatherhood, family, faith, you know, how has that all kind of played into the equation for you to this point? What have you gotten from, you know, applying like your faith to your family, into your your fathering journey to get to where, where you are now?
2: Uh, my faith is everything. Honestly, I, if I didn't have my faith, I honestly don't think I would still be married. Um, next month, within like eleven days, I'll be on my eleventh. yeah, my eleventh year anniversary. That's um, awesome! Congratulations. Yep. Yeah, so I don't think that without my faith, I would still be married to this day. Um, I don't think I would be the father that I am. Um. I just wouldn't be the man that I am, period, because that informs, you know, my faith. Uh, I look at the world from a biblical sense and I also look at the world. I don't think I don't look at the Bible from a traditional sense. I look at it and I see me. I see, you know, people like me. I see us. You know, I see black people, I see us like I see us being these great people. I see all of that, so I don't look at it from a traditional sense where it's just these one people. I see everyone in it, you know, and so that informs my my worldview, and I can look at people and look at my my kids, my wife, uh my family members, my friends, I can see us, and I love people, man. You know, and I also understand that there's some evil stuff that happens in this world and there's some evil people and that's just reality. And so that keeps me grounded and helps me understand that, you know, I have to be the example for my wife, for my kids and for my community. And in order for me to be the man that I have to be, I have to look to a higher power. I have to look to the most high you know, without him, I can't be this person. I, I literally can't. Like I've tried, you know, and I have veered away at times. And that's when I find myself getting in the most trouble. You know, it's when I veer away from those principles and those laws and those statutes, when I veer away from that stuff, that's when I find myself in trouble and I do things that I probably shouldn't be doing. And I say things I shouldn't be saying. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it keeps me, it keeps me on a, a straight and narrow, it keeps me on a path and allows me To be this person who I am today that everyone looks at and says, man, that's a great guy. And I'm like, yeah, only because I have this thing living inside of me that informs me, uh, leads me into righteousness, man, doing things right, uh, treating people right.
1: Mm -hmm. And
2: um, so it has everything to do with my faith, my, my family, everything. My faith has everything to do with my life. Literally.
0: I love it. I love it. Well, I had to give you an opportunity to talk about that because I know it's it's so important to you. It's so it's important to me personally as well. Um, mm. You know, it's important to us here to have that. That's part of the equation here. You know, for us. Um, you know, obviously, there's some people that it's not for them. They feel mm. like it's not for them, and that's okay. We still love them the same, but. Um, Straight up. You know, it's important that we believe and we have that faith to to pass on to our kids and to pass on and to um express and to find community and to find just all the goodness and to get more out of life to a point. But um last question here if you were to give advice to you know a dad who's struggling and just really going through it down on his luck and just just needs help getting back up, um kind of advice do you have for him?
2: Ooh um I would say um, go to the most High, man. go to our God, you know, go to the scriptures and allow that to, uh, give you that strength and that encouragement that you are better. Cause it's, it's honestly, it's difficult being a dad. Uh, I've been going the last, maybe two and a half years for me have been like the most difficult time of my fatherhood journey uh journey as a man, period. It's been difficult. It's been rough in marriage and being a dad and dealing with everything that life throws at you. It's been it's been difficult. And I've been down on my luck at times. And when I get there, you know, it encourages me to know that regardless of my faults, regardless of my failures, regardless of my downfalls, you know, everywhere I, I where I fall short, I know that I can always get up. And I'm always encouraged by this saying, where it says that, um, you know, a failure isn't a man that falls, because you fall, that doesn't mean you're a failure. The failure is the man that fails to get back up mm-hmm. after he falls. So, you know, every time I fall and I get down on my luck, I know that I can get back up. And when I'm having a hard time, I get around some other men that can encourage me. You know, I call on my my my, my most trusted friends. You know, the ones that won't judge me, but the ones that will hold me accountable and tell me that, no, man, you got to get back up. You're too Mm -hmm. great to stay down. You know, you, you, I need you, you know, and being around men like that, that Mm -hmm. will encourage me and keep me uplifted, you know, And and, and it's difficult. That's what I would tell a man, you know, you're not the only one. You're not the only one going through it. You're not the only one that's, you know, burdened, especially in the time that we're in right now. You know, everything going on in the country, uh, it's just, it's difficult, man. You know, life is not a cakewalk. And when you have children, people that you're looking to, you know, it's it's, it's just hard at times. So uh, keep your head up, keep pushing, keep it moving, you know, and um, don't ever feel like you can't get back up because you, because you failed.
0: True. I love that man. Well, thank you so much for coming on. You know, I definitely appreciate it. It was a pleasure having you. Um, tell the people where they can find you.
2: Uh you can find me at www.dadcanwetalk.com. That's the podcast website. Uh, it'll lead you to everything else. The YouTube channel is there. Uh, you can find the audio podcast there on the website where you can listen to all the episodes streaming. You can find me on Apple Podcasts, Spotify at Dad Can We Talk, Instagram at Dad Can We Talk, Facebook at Dad Can We Talk. Or you can find me on my Facebook at Anthony Richard Ray. Um, and I think that's it. Uh, you can go on Google and just type in Dad Can We Talk and all types of stuff will <laughs> true, pop up. True. So, um, yeah, you can find me in those ways. Don't hesitate to reach out if you got questions or anything, I'm an open book. Uh, yeah, if you reach out, I'll definitely get back to you for sure.
0: Well, again, Anthony, it was a pleasure. Thanks for coming on. We definitely appreciate it. It was great talking to you, getting your insight. Um, thanks, for, thanks for helping us kick off season three. You oh, know, yeah. it's, it's going to be good. Yeah. It's going to be great. We're excited. But again, thank you so much for your time. Uh, thank you guys for listening today. We'll catch you <laughs> next week. One more thing, one more thing. We really hope that you enjoyed that. That was a lot of fun. It was kind of fun to record. Before we head on out, you might remember Jason Brick, Safe with Family on the Block. Well, he just had his book published. Blueprint, Safe with Family on the Block, Blueprint. It's amazing. I got an advanced copy. It was great. But when he was on, and when we bring him on again, we're gonna talk more about this. Last time he was on, Jason mentioned and he mentioned about school shootings. It's a controversial topic. It's a hot-button topic here in our in our United States that we live in. If you're living out and about international, thank you for listening. Probably applies to you, too. It could help. And, you know, we realized it's a problem that's not going away. We figured someone should make a course so parents like us can learn how to keep our kids and help make our kids safer. Because, I mean, Congress isn't doing anything about it. Police and schools aren't doing much. So it's up to us. So Jason went and had to build a course and he's offering it to all of my listeners at a discount. You'll learn how to assess your school shooting plan, how to learn what your child is capable of in case of emergencies and the best responses to different shootings in different schools and how to talk with children about it without scaring them. It's a great course and Jason's a good guy. So you know it's coming from a good source and we're putting our voice behind it because we think it's a great high quality product. Use the coupon code YOUNGDADS, that's Y-O-U-N-G-D-A-D-S and the link in the description. Or head over to saveisfamilyontheblock.com, use it over there. Both are good at work. And you can thank us later, and we really hope you enjoy. And it's a great way that you can support your favorite podcast. thank you thank you thank you thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the podcast we sincerely appreciate you being here we sincerely appreciate you listening all the way until the end hope you enjoyed this episode we sure had fun recording it make sure you head over to the website ballboymedia.com. you'll be able to see all the amazing things we have going on the projects the podcast the blogs all the fun stuff we have going on over there you can also check out that link tree in our, in our description on every single episode. That takes you to our deals, to the website, to the podcast, and gives you all the ways to like, rate, and subscribe, and everything that you could want to do. Make sure that if you're listening on Spotify, you stop for a moment, go ahead and drop us those five stars. If you're on YouTube, hit that subscribe button for me. Like the video, comment, and share. If you're on Apple, leave a five-star rating, and leave a review for us to read in our next show any other platform make sure you rate review comment and share the podcast with a friend because i know you have friends that you want to share this with lastly make sure you go and follow us at young dad pod on youtube instagram twitter we cannot wait for all that's to come